Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dash, Rinko Lieber. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Masterpiece Theater <laughs> presents Wrong and Wronger. We are here with my esteemed colleague, Dr. James Exploding Unicorn. It was a college incident, don't ask. Break well. And myself, Alistair Olivas, coming to you from the studios of Wrong and Wronger, one here in Nashville, Tennessee, and the other in the glorious countryside of Indianapolis, Indiana. James. Dr. Breakwell, how are you doing this evening? Well, I'm a little disappointed. I thought once we rebooted things that I might be free of characters once and for all, but clearly I, my hope was in vain. But we have, what? this is a big episode. We got some big stuff to talk about. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna roll past your terrible characters because we've got, we've got stuff. Lots of stuff. I, we are bringing this to a new level of respectability, James. <laughs> this is true, but who who is going to uh, going to fall for that? Like, are the three listeners who've been with us the whole time are going to see right through that? And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if the, if the new listeners who come, who I'm sure are going to come pouring in now that we finally found oh. the magical formula for a successful podcast. I'm sure we're going to need a crash helmet for the avalanche of new listeners coming at us. Well, I know. We'll see. I guess we'll see what their opinion of your characters maybe maybe the characters were the only thing keeping us aloft this whole time and it was everything else holding us back literally everything else <laughs> well why why would i try to bring this to a new level of respectability james what are we up to well we have i'm trying to get centered in my camera here so i'm going to ruin your respectability right off the bat um we, we've decided to do away with the debates uh, last last week was a test case we were just bantering back and forth and we about ran out of time we had one minute for the argument and nobody cared i mean really nobody cares what we do ever <laughs> especially not us but that was a, that was a particular case and we, we had so much fun doing it, we thought, you know what? Why do we even have to have the debate? Why don't we just get on here and talk? We're not going to teach anybody anything. We're not going to settle anything. We're just going to talk. And let's just see how little people value their time. And maybe they'll stick with us. We'll see. And uh, that will mean, James, the somewhat, oops, somewhat uh, sad retiring of the Guam quarter oh. of fate. And I'm holding, I have one at the office and one at home, and I'm holding up the office Guam quarter. And I don't even know from a ceremonial standpoint what an appropriate send-off shall be for a Guam quarter of fate. I think you spend it in a vending machine to buy some M&Ms. I think that's the only appropriate way <laughs> to commemorate that. I mean, there were... There... You know, we did... Go ahead. I... Yeah, I, we're about to say the same thing, I think. There was a penalty video that involved M&Ms. Yeah. Yes, there were, the penalty videos were a great phase. So what we're going to do today, I think in general, the name wrong and wronger can stick because we're still wrong about things, Steve being wronger than I am. What? But we're just going to no, kind of talk me. about general topics. And today our topic is the podcast itself. What we've done so far, why we're changing it up. And yeah, the penalty videos for a lot of people were one of their favorite eras. That was... Uh, 
I, I enjoyed making the penalty videos. I did not enjoy blocking out the time to make the videos. It was every every Sunday when I lost, which was rarely because I was so much better at debating what? than you. But I would have to be like, okay, family, we need to pretend to like each other. We need to we need to pretend that our house is together, and we need to learn this dance move off of YouTube so we can record it, hopefully in one take, because that's all we're going to be together for here. And uh, there was some of the results were impressive. Some of the results were not so impressive. There was one we did a shot-for-shot shot remake of the dance from the Breakfast Club. That was there was we put so much effort into that, and I always kind of thought maybe you know the the podcast itself wouldn't go viral, but maybe the penalty videos would. Uh, but they were just as ignored as everything else. That was that was lesson learned. Uh, the internet is a harsh mistress, and and uh, effort is seldom rewarded, and in fact it is often aggressively punished. And as somebody who's gone viral <laughs> when I didn't deserve to, and not gone viral when I did deserve to, I just uh, it, it's just as unfair today as it ever was, and that's that's just how the internet works i encourage everyone to go back and watch that if you even are aware of the movie the breakfast club you will recognize the dance scene now it is uh um in a corner i forgot like a picture in picture shot mm -hmm. during james's video but that video is spectacular and it's brilliant and <laughs> i don't say that about many things james does in fact this <laughs> might be the only time i've ever said it how much time did you put into that video, James? So the actual shooting was, I probably spent 10 minutes finding clothes. I probably spent an hour, you know, you know, badgering the kids through the motions. And then I spent a considerable amount of time editing shot for shot. I mean, that's, that's why I eventually just went to, we're just doing this one take and then we're done. And that's pretty much the format I use for anything, which might explain why I've been so unsuccessful in the video and podcast formats. But just, it just, it's so much time. It's like, if you know, if only a couple hundred people are going to see this anyway, can I really justify spending like half a day? And once upon a time, apparently I could. Like my my value of my time has just kind of gradually slid down in a lot of things. So that's uh, you can kind of tell how dark my life was at that point, where I thought this this is a constructive thing to do right now. Boy, I will bet that <clears throat> you sort of got going on it, and knowing you as I do, you just wanted to make it as good as it could be, and so that. I, it probably didn't occur to you it was going to take that much time until you were waist deep in it. Yes. And by then, you just had to leg it out. I mean, after the point that I made, you know, I got all the kids to dress up. They had fun doing the dances. Like, after the point that everyone had done their part, I couldn't just not finish. I just, I didn't realize how long it takes to line up shots all the way through. And there are people who do that all the time. And by, by the way, it's impressive. The only brilliant thing I've done was literally copying somebody else. But hey, I'll take the compliments where I can get them. <laughs> Well, the penalty videos, I don't know that I enjoyed doing them, but I enjoyed having done them. <laughs> like, I love going back, and I posted a few, in the last year or two, I posted a few here and there just because they were cool. Like, the Tom Cruise dance I did from the end of Tropic Thunder. That's probably my favorite one to watch. But there were a bunch that are just funny and fun, and I think we enjoyed them. But God dang, man, that took so much time. Yes. It just wasn't worth it. <laughs> the end result. You had some good ones. As much as I rip on you for literally everything, some of your videos were, they they were spot on. I mean, as much as they could be by somebody in your, uh, in your particular demographic. It was, uh, what? You, you were occasionally very different than the subjects you were imitating. And the closest you ever what? came to being like the subject you were imitating was that Tom Cruise dance where he had the fat suit on. Like, I could look at you and see fat suit Tom Cruise. Like, I was totally believable. You had the movements down. But the one thing you always 
brought, even if you didn't bring believability, you brought enthusiasm. Uh, you were all in, especially like early on where we didn't quite know what the penalty videos were going to be. There was one where you just ate a lemon, just straight up ate a lemon. And uh, that might be my favorite video of all because the pain was so genuine. There was no acting. There was anything. And it's also as far as like, you know, your fear factor type challenges. That's about as mild as you can go. Like, I mean, you know, they put a slice of lemon on your drink at a restaurant. It wasn't like you were, you know, eating scorpions or anything. And just the <laughs> agony on your face. And then the fact that your mom was in the video and she took it and just ate it with no problem while you were suffering that, that was really a high water mark for me. Well, thanks for bringing that one back. <laughs> yeah, I got shamed by my mother on the internet. And that might have been the first penalty video ever because I think the second one was when I sang the Justin Bieber song. Yes. And, and that was after Christmas. And then, like, hmm. did I sing it a second time or did we just join in with you? We, then we, after that, we shifted to music. We shifted to dancing. We were, we were going for ideas wherever we could get them. Uh, I think the fact is we just don't have faces for YouTube or talent for YouTube, but really just anything <laughs> for YouTube. And the podcast, I think from here on out, I think I'll keep doing video, but I think I'm really going to push the audio only format because truthfully, you don't need to see our faces. And when you do see our faces, it probably dramatically detracts from the experience. It's like, this, you would... I don't know, man. There's a lot. Just like a Joe Rogan show, it's just him interviewing the other person. But people are sort of compelled by watching because you can listen in the background too. But there's something about seeing a face that draws people in, even if it's yours. I, I was going to say, even if it's mine or even if it's yours. I mean, I, I don't know which of us. I think the great thing about being in different age groups is we're each driving away different people. And when our forces combine, <laughs> we cover all the age groups that everyone has some reason not to watch. And we do, we joke a lot about numbers and stuff here, but tr the truth about, about podcasting, because you can't see the numbers, like they're, they're these big secret thing. And we talk about one or two views. You can see them on YouTube, but the truth is compared to a lot of podcasts, probably compared to the vast majority of podcasts, we get quite a few listens, but we, there's a, there's a threshold. It's like a, it's like an exponential curve and it goes real flat. Here's where you, here's where YouTube's going to come in handy. You can see the video. It goes real flat, real flat, real flat, real flat. And there's like 20 or 25 podcasts right at the end that like make you a millionaire there's really no like middle class podcasting you're either like you've got millions of listens or you've got almost no listens and there's very little in between and we're in between like we are we are not unlistened to but we are not turning a profit either we are we are alone out there in no man's land it is interesting because we despite the fact I think we talked before we recorded this, we had 160 episodes of Wrong and Wronger, which is over three years. And over three years, usually people sort of get sick of someone or something and then move on to the next thing. But we actually, we held our listener base pretty evenly throughout those three years. Like we didn't have a lot of attrition over time, which is probably a compliment to me <laughs> there we, I, I wondered how will this new dynamic work if we're not like we if we don't have this artificial conflict uh, i guess now we know the natural conflict will take over which is kind of how we created this in the first place uh it all came out of that time when it was on the commute which you have since revived quite successfully and you've gone at the time though you were really scraping the bottom of the barrel for guests and you <laughs> reached out to me i think before i had published a single book when i was still just a guy oh, who had sure. gone viral on twitter it was so long ago 
And it was so long ago that I wasn't used to talking and recording live or doing anything like that. I didn't know how quick I could be on my feet or anything. And I was so nervous before you called. I had been nervous and I'd been on a few podcasts before that. I just wasn't very good. I was so nervous. And yours was the first one where I got really comfortable and we had good banter because there was just so much to riff off on each other. There was just an in, <laughs> it, it, it instant, like playful animosity that really powered us through. We, and if you go back that episode, the sound quality isn't the best because I was just on my phone, but like the banter holds up. That still might be as good as anything else we put out, which is, you know, a testament to that episode and also a big dig on everything we've done since then that we never again achieved that height. <laughs> you know, you were, if you remember, you were really nervous on the very first Wrong and Wrong or oh, also. Do you remember that? Yeah, time? I was. I practiced. The first time, I don't think we flipped the coin, or if we did flip it, it was fixed. Like, I remember mowing the lawn and going over arguments in my head. And then after that, I just, first of all, I was like, okay, this is this is a very low-pressure environment. There's, there's no consequence for failure whatsoever. But I think my greatest fear, I guess it's just like a, a comedian going on stage for a stand-up act, which is that I was open my mouth and nothing would come out. And now I know I'm physically really? incapable of having, of having silence come out. Like, no matter what the situation is, I can open my mouth and there will be words. They might be garbage words, but they will be more or less strung together in a sentence and form paragraphs and even essays. I just, I talk like I write. I start from nothing and I build to a crescendo of something. And usually halfway through, I figure out where I'm going. And sometimes I get there and sometimes I don't. Uh, but that, and that's actually been a useful skill with a lot of the other stuff I've done, interviews, TV, all that stuff. It's like, I don't, I don't really have to worry about the silence. It's like, I'll get somewhere. It might be a bad place, but I will get there. It's 10 pounds of words and one pound of meaning. That's good. That's that's, that's James Breakwell. It's really, uh, it's how I used to write uh, papers in college, man. You just got, you can layer the words down there without ever saying anything. I mean, you can, that's, that is the one useful skill you learn in college as a history major to just take up space without actually saying anything. And saying things, yeah, like that, yeah. that's how you get in trouble. You take a position on something and everybody hates you from one side or the other. You say a bunch of words and say nothing. And you're, you're, that's the safety zone right there. Um, actually, one of the things I do like best about Wrong and Wronger, and this is this is something that I've tried to avoid with all my books and all everything else, that we can just produce content without actually educating anyone. There's no research done. Like A lot of the real <laughs> successful podcasts are successful because they're, they, they're talking about things people want to know. And I figured out about yeah. myself real on. I've, I've I've had just a couple of articles I've written where they had to contain actual factual information where I had to do a minimal amount of research and it was torture. Yeah. It was like pulling teeth. I felt like I was back in college <laughs> writing a term paper and those articles taught me real quick. I just don't want to do this. I want to talk about something and have fun. And that meant no research, no preparation, just going nuts. And I do the same thing with my, you know, my books. I know my books, they, they make a point. They're well argued. They're kind of crazy logic or whatever, but they, uh, but, but it's not like I'm sitting down and like, okay, let's research modern parenting today. It's like, no, here's some funny anecdotes. Here's an <laughs> argument I can build out of that. And that's pretty much exactly what we do with this podcast. It's, it's the same sort of organic creation that, that usually is funny. Not always, but the great thing with the book is they cut out the not funny parts. So you just get the funny parts. So I've, I've got a, a safety net there. Well, this was completely your brainchild. Like, I think you approached me on it and uh, your, it was your idea, the format. Uh, we had a different name at first, if you remember. Yes. And a uh, little bit of research said we have to change that one because it was like a Swedish death metal yeah, band. Yeah, well, it was something, something about Moot Point or something. What, what? That, that was it. It was Moot, Moot Point. Point. Mm -hmm. Moot Point, which is, it's a great, I, I like that one because it has a double meaning. So the actual def, uh, dictionary definition of Moot is arguable, but the way we use it 
is obsolete. No like kidding. it's not yeah, like the way we use it in speech is you say it's a moot point if it doesn't matter anymore. You've moved past it. It doesn't matter who wins. And both meanings apply to the podcast. We are going to argue about it. Everything was debatable, but at the same time, uh none of it mattered. And uh I really I really like that. And then yeah, that there was a Swedish death metal band that had that name already. So props to them for squatting <laughs> on that one. I, I wish them the best. Now, for the record, neither of us has really broken into the American market. If you search for Moot Point, you don't find our, our podcast or them. So really the name's up for grabs if you really want to go out there and fight for it. Well, because of that, we never got the name off the ground. Otherwise, we would be killing it in America. That, that's but. what held us back. We would have won, especially <laughs> when I have to spend two minutes explaining why it's a good name. Those are the best names, the ones that nobody gets at all until you painstakingly explain it. That's where the real humor value is. But wrong and wronger, that's a riff on Dumb and Dumber. I, I like that name, too. I wonder, though, if we're going to need a new intro at this point. Our intro is, is very combative. Do you remember our first intro, the, your first draft of the intro? Mm, no, don't... I thought this was it. Okay, so it, you're very first, and it's very it's high quality. It sounds professional-ish, uh, at least for us. But the very first <laughs> version of it had an alarm sound and like a rooster at the start, or definitely the alarm sound. Oh, it was the most horrendous yeah, sound. It's like the one sound nobody wants to listen to. The sound that just bodes that's going to ruin your day. It just bodes ill for everything. You're like, let's stick that right at the start. That's definitely not going to make people click to the next podcast right away and just skip right over <laughs> us. Oh, it was so abrasive. And uh, you know what, though? I, and I don't even know if you got rid of it because of me, but your wife said the exact same thing. So you got to get rid of that sound. And so the sound was gone. Ah, to this day, I stand by that. <laughs> I say it makes it memorable. It's so abrasive and so off-putting. And that kind of defines my whole life, James. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that was why we're not in that upper 1% of the Million Listen podcast, <laughs> because we didn't have the alarm sound to wake everybody up. It's maybe make it driving safer, you know, wake you up on the road. No sleeping through that. Uh, our origin story, though, you mentioned that a second ago. We always say yeah. we met in a seedy bar, but really it was... I think I don't remember if you messaged me that you were going to be in town or that I randomly saw that you were going to be in town because once upon a time pre-COVID you roamed the earth never returning home and you were <laughs> you were in Indianapolis on like the farthest possible side from me it took me like a day and a half to drive to you and we met <laughs> and it wasn't a seedy smoke-filled bar it was like the fanciest hotel I've ever been in I've since been to like <laughs> book signings and stuff there like it's very posh there was like a it was like yeah. an eight foot long modern fireplace over to the side and stuff and you <laughs> And we met there, and then I, yeah, I pitched the ideas. Like we had such good back and forth in that podcast. Let's let's argue about something. Let's let's start a podcast where we debate because that way, one, I thought we could capitalize on like those random viral arguments that that happen. You know, is a hot dog a sandwich? What color is the dress? Those mm -hmm. kind of things. Uh, but two, we wouldn't. I, I just thought we could. Do, do it on our feet, that it wouldn't take a lot of preparation. Because uh, as much as we, we joke about things, neither of us really, for all the projects we do, we don't really have all that much extra time. There's so much going on. There's day jobs. There's travel. There's, you know, a million social media uh, things to keep up on. Somewhere in there, I have to, you know, raise my kids. And uh, I just didn't have it. If it, if, uh, if we had to be like some of these podcasts out there where you do six, you know, six weeks of research to, to tell a story, it just wasn't going to happen. Right. And I knew that you could think on your feet. You're you're like an improv guy at heart. I don't know if you've ever really done improv, but it comes through. You oh, definitely yes, get that vibe. Yes. And I knew that no matter what I would throw at you, you would still be there to throw something back. And that's probably the most <laughs> important quality to have in a co-host. Well, you actually said there were two. The other was that uh, I was financially stable. Oh. <laughs> I remember you explaining that to me once too. 
Yes. Oh, so I'd, I'd, I'd partnered up with other people before for various projects. And financial stability actually matters. So, like, the fact that I kept my day job, it makes some people think of me as a failure. But it's like, actually, it's made me incredible, incredibly successful because all of the ad money and all of the book money and everything else that comes in, it's just on top. And if I hit a dry spell, and there are dry spells, there are times where the market gets tough. There's times where you can't land the right project, and you can't starve me out. I can keep going. I could go for years without having any noticeable success, and I did. I mean, before I went viral on Twitter, I had been writing for a decade to no recognition, to no audience. And the reason I could keep going was I had a day job. These people who were like, I'm going to chase my dreams and quit my job and live off my, live <laughs> off my art – like they starve out like six weeks later they're like i don't have food i have to get and then they rather than like working and then also having their dream they just give up on the dream and i had had a partner like that before where we were working on some great stuff and uh his life was just constantly in chaos he was always on the edge trying to make it big and we couldn't really plan long, long term because he had to like you know he had to hit it big right now so when i found out that you know you uh you had the steve well you didn't have the steve olivas manner at that time you had the old steve olivas manner but like basically Basically, no matter how well or how badly this podcast did, it was going to have no bearing on your life. And that was a huge check mark in the pro Steve column. God, no truer words have been spoken, <laughs> even in retrospect. <laughs> and we, it has had no impact on my life. I remember I was at your house once and uh, we were having dinner. It was just me, you and your wife uh, sitting at the table. And she said, have you gotten a lot more Twitter followers just because you're connected to uh, James now. She didn't call you James. <laughs> I said, uh, no. In fact, I've lost a few in the meantime. And that's true. It, it didn't make a dent in any part of my life other than I've had a lot more fun than I did three years it's ago. It's interesting because actually the overlap between our audiences is surprisingly small, even though we're both kind of in the unpaid comedy sphere when it comes to Twitter. Uh, they, uh, yeah, your audience is older. You tell a different kind of joke. My, my, my audience skews heavily female. They're mo largely parents and it just, uh, there's not a ton of overlap. And so my people didn't jump to you and your people didn't jump to me. Uh, and I, so we kind of have like, when we, when you have the, when you look at our podcast listeners, those are really the best fans because they somehow managed to fit our two styles within their sphere of interest. <laughs> so if you get that sweet spot, there's, and there's not very many of these people in the world, but when you find them, you have to really be nice to them and keep them there forever because it's just it's such a unique mix to, to try to find somebody that that's even going to be interested in that yeah yeah god if you could just take one day of your life back none of this would have happened james <laughs> ah, here we are you know what though i thought podcasts yeah. were the next big thing and for a lot I, there's still advice out there people are like you got to start a podcast that's how you succeed and really for the most part you should podcast if you have fun with it, if you can fit it in your schedule, if you think it'll help you develop other skills. I've uh, The reason I was able to narrate my first three audio, uh, audiobooks was because of this podcast. So I, while I've never made anything directly off the podcast, the, uh, the audio publisher came through and like, well, you can talk on the podcast. You can probably read from your own book. I was like, yes, I, I do believe I am capable of that. I'm <laughs> semi-literate. So, so that came directly from that. And you had a fan send you like $25 and quarters once. So you had that going for you. <laughs> <laughs> and of, I certainly did. And of course, we can't forget the many gift baskets from Judy P, which we would probably. I was just gonna say that pales in comparison to what Judy P has spent on both of us over the years, because both of us get Christmas presents every year, and it's not just like a gift wrap, uh, like things she picked up at the gas station. Mm -hmm. Like we get a box of stuff from her every Christmas. 
And uh, she, I, she just, my birthday's on, uh, well, when this comes out, it'll be yesterday, Wednesday. And uh, Judy sent me a birthday card. I'm sure she sent you a birthday card whenever your birthday she. happened to be, when you turned 16. <laughs> like, uh, we are always in her thoughts. I think she sends us an anniversary card every year, too. I don't know if she sends one to you. I but wow. uh, yeah, it's just amazing what a super fan Judy P is. Yeah, and, we, and for the record, we have done absolutely nothing to deserve her. We really haven't. I have. And <laughs> did I tell you the story when I was in Toronto last time? I think I did, but it's worth repeating. So she was going to come meet me. I was at a hotel in Toronto, mm -hmm. and then I was going to. I think I was driving to Buffalo to fly home or something. Like I had the clock was ticking. Mm -hmm. I had to get out of town. And she was going to meet me at like four o'clock or something at the hotel. And she got caught in traffic and she was so upset. Oh. Like I had to go and we missed each other. And she said, I told uh, my husband, uh, I was going to get out of the car and run oh because gosh. I wanted to get to the hotel. Because they were caught in traffic. There's like a wreck on the freeway or something. Wow. And she was going to run to get to the hotel to see me before I left. Oh. Wow. That's a fact. But you did. Did you successfully link up? We, we Not that time, but uh, one time I was up there for hockey, and she came out and met my son and my wife and I. I gotcha. And I do appreciate that you met her first, because as wonderful as she's been, there's always that 1% chance it's a long con and she was secretly a serial killer, but you diffused that. You, you <laughs> jumped on that grenade for us. So now we know Judy P is 100% safe and definitely our best fan. Also our greatest fans are our interns who have been doing such a great job doing the math oh, on the yeah. Twitter polls. because Wow, they're out of work. Yeah, we got they're unemployed. But I mean, to be fair, we weren't paying them anything. Anyway, I don't know if you can, can, can you get a bailout on your zero dollar salary, but it's just we would start recording for our next episode and we had never gone back to do the math on the previous ones back when there were two polls, one on Facebook and one on Twitter. So we honestly didn't know who had won the week before, which kind of affected our banter. And so we put out the call and we had two people agree to it. And they've had, you know, all sorts of situations in their personal life that interfered with the time they could True. put in and they still did it. I've never seen such dedication. And uh, we do appreciate their effort. Uh, they were worth every penny we spent on them and then some yeah and uh <laughs> if only we could get all that back but you know whatever i'm sure they'll make good use of it well it was interesting it's when we first got two i was like well this is gonna suck because now we can't really make one of them special but it turned out good because each of them Carol, and then uh, She Who Shall Remain Nameless, they both had things pop up, and so when one couldn't do it, the other one did it. Like, we always had it done by somebody. The job was always done, and so it was good that we had them. And they wouldn't just send in uh, the like the numbers. There was, like, commentary. No. There was there were opinions <laughs> there expressed. <laughs> I loved that. It was the best part. So we... Uh, we really got very lucky with them. We got lucky with a super fan like GDP. We got we got lucky with a lot of things that went through here. And you know, it, 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 you can't really look at this. With, yeah, I do so much stuff. It's like, well, if you didn't if you didn't get rich off it, it was a waste. And I, and I just don't think that's true. You've got to do projects that you think are fun, that you find fulfilling, and that kind of help you develop skills for stuff you want to do. And, and this podcast falls within that. As much as we make fun of it, as much as we make fun of each other, I do genuinely enjoy doing it. I don't always enjoy blocking out time for it, but once I'm in here, once we're actually in it i'd never regret recording so uh so i definitely have that so i am going to uh for the first time be sincere with you and say thank you steve for agreeing to do with this with me it, it has been a blast 
Wow. I, <laughs> I just ruined the podcast. Misty. I, I got sentimental. <laughs> I broke I broke the I broke the thing between us and now we're gonna have to end it. For the record, this this is a new beginning. We are not ending the podcast. We are just going to our future episodes are going to be we're just going to talk. There's not going to be the fake rivalry, just the real rivalry that comes out naturally when we chat. The episodes will be a little bit longer, they might be a little bit less focused, but now the rambling is the point. The lamp the rambling isn't a diversion. <laughs> the rambling is the main event. Ah, we're like an old married couple at this point, James. Yes, and we said we were going to do this for 20 minutes. We're already at 27, so we could probably wrap it up because we could probably go quite a bit longer. And I suspect, as this new format continues, I do suspect we'll get longer and longer every week, but we'll see. We'll see at which point this this runs into our real lives and starts having actual negative effects, And at which point I'm sure it will be curled back, <laughs> curtailed back severely. I'm looking forward to a time where I'm actually able to talk. So perhaps that will just add a little bit at the end after you hang up and I finally have the floor. But we'll see how it goes. <laughs> well, why don't you go ahead and see us out? And this is a great chance to do your uh, supervillain monologue. You can say whatever you want to close us out here. <laughs> we are in uncharted territory. Oh, if it wasn't for those pesky kids. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been another episode. James is too young to even know what Scooby-Doo is. Another episode of Wrong and Wronger. And I guess you participating by watching makes you the wrongest <laughs> of all. So we got the superlative, but we're glad you're here. And you're glad at least one of us is here. And until next week, this is the good one. Steve Olivas, Dr. Steve, for James the Villain Unicorn, saying thanks for listening, thanks for watching, and... Watch in the future. Two wrongs can make a right. <laughs>